So then I just want to ask you, Dad, your professional opinion. Is it okay to be married and a mother, but live in a separate home from your husband and kids? Just just curious. <laughs> is that is that healthy or unhealthy? I'm I'm still unclear well, on what would my, be better. My uh, my advice, I think, would be to set up tents for them outside yes. somewhere that's available. Yes. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Hey, it's Ron Thiessen. Welcome to another episode of the Human Being Project by the Change Evolutionist, where my daughter Janelle and I explore the difference between being and doing. In a world of constant distractions, sky-high expectations, and the relentless pursuit of more, we examine what would happen if we made space for more being and less doing. So tell me what what made you uh, think about this topic? What, what are what are you thinking about? Is it something in your that you're dealing with in your own life, or something that you've observed in others, or something that's come up a, a few times? Or it's just something you can never stop contemplating, letting go, letting go, because everything seems to be a big deal until you learn how to let go. It's like a constant choice to let go of things, to mm. let them sort of just. Mm flow through you, whether it's feelings mm. or whether it's experiences or, you know, relationships. Sometimes you just have to let go. And yeah. uh, interestingly, one of my friends was, when we were talking about this, she was saying, sometimes it's not time to let go. And that's something I've never even considered because it's true. You know, there's a lot of push to let go. Just let it go. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just let go. What, but what if you really aren't ready? What if there's still more to process? Mm -hmm. And I might have a little bit of resistance towards the idea of processing, because to me, processing sounds like overthinking. And overthinking okay. sounds like you're getting nowhere. But at the same time, I know that it's important to create space mm -hmm. to let things to let things flow through you. And it's like Michael Singer says, I'm going to quote him again. He says, you're either clinging or you're resisting. And it's oh. true. You're either trying to hang on to a great feeling you had once, or you're trying to avoid a bad feeling you had once. There never really seems to be an in-between. Letting go, I guess, is that present moment of saying, whatever's happening right now is happening. It's that acceptance. This is happening, okay. or this is how I'm feeling or this is what someone is saying, whatever's happening is happening. And mm. what you do with what's happening, however you filter that, whether you're like, oh, I don't like how this is making me feel, or, oh my goodness, I never want this moment to end. That's mm. clinging. Mm -hmm. And it's not healthy. Right. Because as we know, everything is changing constantly. There's, there's no way that you can hang on to something forever. It's never going to be that way forever. There's going to be good, bad, and it's all in a flow. I was thinking as we were talking about that, we were going to talk about this topic. Uh, it, the picture that came to mind is the, the people in the circus uh, practicing for the trapeze. And they say that the, the toughest thing to teach the person there is to let go. Like, you know, when they, <laughs> yeah, when no they swing, when they swing and then they're going to, somebody else is going to catch them. And, mm -hmm. and the most difficult thing is to let go because mm -hmm. then you're committing to what? You could be committing to the trust of the other person is going to catch you. All of a sudden, you're there without, even if you have a safety net, you really are there without a net, right? Like, I can't imagine even the feeling of that 
if you're practicing, if you've never done the trapeze and, and you're now you're supposed to let go and let the other person catch you, and let's say it fails and you drop, and even if mm. there's a net there, I can't imagine the terror that you have that moment when you don't catch the other person and now you're free falling. That's got to be a terrifying feeling, mm-hmm. even though you know there's a net, you know, like, mm-hmm. wow, that, you leave your stomach up at the roof and your yeah. <laughs> body drops away on you, right? So I can see where that would be the most difficult thing to teach them to let go because letting go is about trusting then, isn't it? Yes, very much so. The concept of letting go makes me think of the word surrender, which I think is a Mm. triggering word for people because Mm -hmm. surrender sounds like giving up to some people. Right. To me, surrender sounds like letting go. That's the the two of them mean the same thing to me. What are your thoughts on the concept of surrender? Well, I think my thoughts about it have changed a lot over the years, particularly in the last year, because uh, surrendering, I I agree that for me and my generation and and my, the lingo in my generation, surrender was definitely about giving up, saying, you know, you've had enough being in the one down position, uh, for sure. All of those things, that's what surrender meant. Um, And to the Victor Gold spoils, you know. So the person that doesn't surrender is the person that that ends up reaping all of the benefits of the conquer, right? Mm-hmm. So for sure, that was the that was the whole concept of surrender for me, the way that I was raised. You and I have had enough conversations that I understand why they're synonymous to you. That concept means not having control, not remaining in control, even though control is an illusion. But still, the feeling that we have when we think we're in control is, uh, for, for some of us, a very um, gratifying feeling. Or if for some of us, it's a, it's a feeling that I must have in order not to feel anxious. So uh, letting go means then that I have no control. And it, then it feels like surrender. I used to be a real control freak, and I've, I've been learning over many years. Wait, about you were a not- control freak? Yeah. Yeah. Right. When? But you know, but the problem is that when you would have known me and, and watched me operate as a control freak, all of my control, it was all done by passive aggressive behavior. But, you oh. know, I was going to get my own way no matter what. Right. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, 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 all kinds of things that I could do passive aggressive that would make, make sure that I got what I wanted and, and denied the other person what they wanted. And you were aware that you were being controlling in those moments? Not, not to the degree that I am in hindsight, uh, but I, I just, uh, uh, you know, I didn't want anybody controlling me. And so the only way to keep that from happening was to control myself, right? To, to control other situations and other people and stuff myself uh, so that they didn't control me and circumstances didn't control me. So, um, and, you know, there's a lot of heartache in living that way. Uh, so it's been, you know, many years that I've been realizing that's not a good way to live, but, you know, I just came face to face with it not too long ago, um, within the last month where someone said to me that they felt that I had been trying to control them, which was a real shock for me. And as they pointed out the reasons that they said that, I I could understand why they felt that way. And it was very discouraging for me because I thought that I had gotten past those habitual things, you know? All of this to say that I think controlling 
if you if you are a person who likes to be in control or needs to be in control for whatever reason that could be because of stubbornness could be because of, because of anxiety it could be because of your past experiences where you didn't feel like you you were in control and you need you need to get control back whatever the reason is uh it, i think it's something you have to stay on top of all the time because that illusion of control is very um it's a siren song you know you you think that you're you think you're doing it and and you're not yeah and i think that's the Man, we're just going all over the place here with the control surrender topic. But I think that's a lot of uh, why people feel like their anxiety or their fear gives them control. Because as long as I'm worrying about something or fearing something, it can't happen. How could this go wrong in a million different ways? So if I imagine it, it's not going to happen that way, right? I take all the power away. So I, if I worry about something, then it's not going to happen that way. Yeah. What I hear a lot from uh, people is that if I worry about it, I worry about worst case scenario. So when I get to the event, then whatever happens, I'm prepared because I'm prepared for worst case scenario. So many people live their lives like that saying, well, this is my preparation to make sure that I'm not going to be caught unaware or not prepared. What would be so horrible about not being prepared? What would happen then? Like, if you weren't prepared. Mm. For me, I'm discovering the more that I let go or surrender that actually what I'm unprepared for is usually pretty awesome. <laughs> it's way better than anything I was imagining before. I'll tell you that right <laughs> that now. That is true. That is true. Then I've just wasted a bunch of energy worrying about something or fearing something that was never going to happen anyway. So why right. did I give all my energy to that? And you know, we know from studying the brain in real time that what you pay attention to, you get more of. So if if you're living your life in fear, you're going to get more fear. If you're living your life in in uh, surrender or letting go, you're going to get more of letting go. Mm-hmm. And, and it becomes it's so easy to be fearful or to be anxious about things that you feel like you have no control over and therefore you step in and take control, which is a, and put that in quotations, you take control and then you feel better, but the whole motivation for what you're doing is fear. And so the more that you do that, the more fear you generate. You know, I was talking to a, a client the other day and he was telling me that when he, he's a little bit older, but uh, when the pandemic hit, like they froze you know, there was their demographic that was dying and uh, they weren't in a nursing home or anything, but they were, they were living in their own home. But I mean, they just locked down, they clamped down. And, you know, he says now it was more, his, his wife was so fearful, uh, him, not as much, but, you know, I mean, he, he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to protect you and make sure that I don't bring COVID home. And, uh, you know, so neither of them working, they, they stayed in their house for months and, and, you know, uh, if they could get groceries ordered and then wash all the groceries when they came to the door and still they're, they're terrified when they go out in public, they wear their masks because, wow. because they're, they're terrified and they both got COVID and it wasn't that bad. The fear, like it has paralyzed them for three and a half years. They have been paralyzed. Do you think it's possible that people get addicted to the fear or that they somehow find safety in that familiar feeling of fear? I think that's part of it. And also they think 
that if they fear, then they're paying the price already so that, uh, you know, they, there won't be so much exacted from them on the other end because they've already been afraid all this time. COVID is the perfect example of yeah. letting go or not letting go because, yeah. I mean, that situation got so crazy that if you didn't decide at some point to let go, you would literally become crazy. Yeah. It, yeah. it seems, right? Trust me, it's so easy for me to want to be a person who controls that environment. Mm. Let's say, for example, when the pandemic first hit, I went cuckoo. I think so many of us did, right? I went cuckoo. Mm. But it was like not more than a week before I was like, I cannot sustain this. I will lose mm. my mind. Mm-hmm. I will lose my mind and I'm not willing to not have a life and to be, you know, stuck inside my house. So there's times where you're just, your fear becomes so inconvenient that the better option is to let go. And that's yeah. for me, a point I've come to many times in my life when I've had a fear where I've just had to say, okay, I can have this fear, but it's really gross. Like this, this is really um, negatively impacting my life. So I think Mm. the risk is less to let go and see what happens. But many people, they just adapt to the fear and what it means for them. Like these people I was just talking about. So they just adapted to the fear and stayed in their home. So, so, and even though that's miserable, uh, it's better than exposing yourself to what you would expose yourself to if you didn't have the fear. That's what they think. So, so they, they think that the fear is, um, saving them somehow. You rapidly came to the conclusion, I cannot sustain this kind of behavior. And I think lots of people were in the same boat. It would be really interesting to know if you could, uh, run the, the organization of responding to the pandemic without fear. I wonder what that would look like Hmm. with this, this whole concept of letting go. If you don't know how to do it or you don't know what you're doing, it induces fear, right? And and the thing is that surrounding you will be all kinds of voices that will uh, align with your fear. Very few voices that will align with your faith that you're going to let go. Most voices are going to tell you, you're nuts. What are you doing? It's a decision you make, right? Yeah. I think that your philosophy of or philosophy or practice of Little experiments is great for people um, if they're trying to learn to let go. Because mm. ultimately, you just ask yourself the question, what's the worst that's going to happen if I let this go? I think an, yeah. an important question would even be to ask, other than loss of life, other than immediate loss of life, like, for example, I'm hanging on to the railing of a bridge. If I let go, I'm falling into the rushing waters beneath me and dying instantly. Other than that, like an imminent threat of total death guaranteed death what what possible calamity could be so great that you couldn't experiment with the concept of letting go whether it was letting go of an emotion letting go of a grudge letting go of a relationship which is not as easy as just one thing i mean that's a whole layered thing letting go of a relationship but you know what i mean you can experiment with letting go yeah but for some people it is it it re- they really see calamity if they let go they they really do see you know me having this level of control right now is the only thing that's keeping this thing on the rails like lots of people think that 
even though it's an illusion, they, they still think that. And so they, they really think that if they let go, then the inevitable result is catastrophe. And you don't know that until you let go and experience that it's not. So what, what I'm usually doing is when I'm in talking about experiments, I am talking about little experiments, like low risk experiments. Like if you, if you let go of needing to control your spouse. So just for today, when you are in that argument and you would normally press for, uh, you know, I'm going to get my way here. I'm, you're going to see my point of view or we're going to do things my way to just let that go and experience what is that like to to let go and then to experience either the consequences or the just the outcome of letting go because many times there's not consequences it's just an outcome we're not doing what i wanted to do but hey you know what we ended up doing something that i really enjoyed doing or something like that but if you never if you never let go uh, of things then you never have that experience and it's interesting too isn't it I, i'm sure you've had this experience that if you're the kind of person who uh, needs to control things, so ne- things need to go your way, uh, if things don't work out, it's your fault, right? And you you get, they point the finger right at you and they say, well, you're the one that said that we should do this. You're the one that said we should go here. You're the one that said we should respond in this way, right? And so you end up getting the blame mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you might've had that outcome anyway. And I think that's the other thing about many times that uh, if you hold on, or you let go in some circumstances, the outcome is the same. But the tension and the pressure that you carry by holding on, it destroys your health. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, that's a valid point. Because yeah, sometimes it isn't different. Sometimes Mm. it's just going to happen that way. But during the process of it happening that way, how do you want to live? You know, how do you want to feel? Yeah. Yeah. If I have a relationship with you that is, that's, that's pretty, uh, um, we we relate a lot, and like I'm seeing you every day, or I'm seeing you every week, or whatever. Um, it's an ongoing relationship. We develop patterns of the way that we relate to each other, and we have to do that for our sanity, right? So, if you're in a pattern of a relationship that you don't like, uh, the the thing that you need to do is just break the pattern. And if there are two of you in the relationship and you both don't like what's going on, and you decide together we're going to break our patterns and we're going to do something different. That's the ideal. But even if you're just one person in a relationship and the other person doesn't even know that you're fed up with the pattern and you want to break the pattern, you can just break the pattern. Just don't react or respond like you normally would. Don't say the things you would normally say. Don't uh, you know carry out the actions you would normally carry out and then see what happens. And when you break the pattern, the outcome can be worse. It could be better. Or it could be neutral, but it's going to be different. And often the very fact that it's different opens the doorway to a different conversation. Now we're talking about different things. Why would you do that? Why did you respond like that? That's a different conversation. Why didn't you do what I just expected you to do? Why didn't you do what you always do? What's that about? And and then you can talk about why did I do that? Why did I make a change? And if it's about letting go, you can say, I just wanted to experiment and see what would happen if I let go of this outcome that I always make sure happens in this cycle of the way we relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my relationship, I I love to control how things are cleaned. For example, 
either. Mm. So if it's done by my husband, he's going to, he's going to cut corners and then it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not actually clean then. Right. Mm -hmm. But actually I don't, if I don't see him cut the corner, I don't know that it's not actually technically air quotes clean. And so I'm as oblivious and carefree as I can be because I think I'm the last one to have touched the washcloth and washed it. Right. Right. It's the same thing. Like whatever you can, there's so much that you won't know that's happening in your world that you think you're controlling and it's right. all still working out that yep. it's, it's just when you're aware and you're trying to have your finger on the pulse of everything that it becomes crazy making, literally. Crazy making. Yeah. That's exactly the good way to yeah. put it because you're, you're right. That's exactly what happens. So what, what things do you, do you do in particular to let go? Well, Honestly, sometimes I avoid the things that I know are going to just make me crazy. Like I, I'm compulsive, I feel like, about the cleanliness of my house. And so in order to avoid the long um, downward spirally slope of craziness that's going to happen if I start cleaning one thing, I'll just avoid cleaning anything altogether. Mm. I think I do that to save my sanity because... You know, when say I lived in a house all by myself, I could control my own mess. I can stay on top of it and I can control when it's going to get messy again or how messy it's going to get because it's just me. But when you live in a home with other people, you can't. So you Mm. either have to let it go. You have to imagine a different scenario that you live in and be okay with that, which is hard for me. But for the most part, I have figured out how to do that. There's just occasional times, like maybe once every couple months, where I lose my mind a little and then I just have to let go again on a larger scale because I'll tell you something I live in a household of professional letter goers these guys can let filth go no problem they don't even see it it's there for months they they have longevity about this I have tried Mm. to wait them out they win every time because they don't see it so Mm. they can let that stuff go no problem But also there's letting go in relationships, right? There's letting go of jobs that no longer serve you. There's letting go Mm. of time commitments that are no longer serving you, right? Mm. There's all kinds of ways of letting go. It's not just, uh, it's not just about your little nitpickies or whatever. It's all kinds of different things. Letting the fact that somebody cut you off in traffic, just let that go. Just breathe through that. Yeah. What's the big deal? Who cares if they cut you off? What is it saying? Nothing. It's it's not personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you just let that go. Yeah. And that's another aspect that makes uh, letting go very difficult is if you take things personally. You know, so mm-hmm. many things that aren't, they, they weren't aimed at you personally, but you take it personally, then it's difficult to let it go because it's difficult to forgive. It's difficult to, to put it behind you. It's difficult not to want uh, restitution or retribution or, you know, uh, it's, it becomes difficult if it, if you take it personally, just like even what you were talking about, the cleanliness, you know, not cleaning up after yourself. If you take that personally and you take it like, no, I'm just leaving it for you to clean up because I know you won't be able to stand the mess and therefore I'll just wait until you clean it up. If you take it like that, that it's that's a lot tougher than to to deal with than if you just say this is not personal. It's just the the way the person functions, and and you know I have to either accept it or or not. And if I want to do something about it, I can, but I don't have to, and you know I can just let it go. 
oh, I've definitely been at that point where it's like, I'm being manipulated here for sure. <laughs> so then I just want to ask you, dad, your professional opinion. Is it okay to be married and a mother, but live in a separate home from your husband and kids? Just, just curious. <laughs> is that, is that healthy or unhealthy? I'm, I'm still unclear well, on what would my, be better. My, uh, my advice, I think, would be to set up tents for them outside yes. somewhere that's available. Yes. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> because, you know, if they want their tent to be messy, well, that, that's, yeah. that has no impact on Knock you. Knock yourself right? out. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And then there's times where, it's not appropriate yet to let go. And you don't know, mm. you don't know when you're going to feel ready, but you know that it's just mm. not right now. Like say for mm. grief, if you're grieving some, the loss of a person or a pet or, you know, the loss of something important, a role in your life, you know, mm -hmm. one of my mm -hmm. girlfriends is going through that where her son has moved away to university and he's only yeah. 18 and boom, he's just gone out of the house. That's, that's grieving, right? That's, yeah. that's very yeah. hard then to say, okay, I'm just going to let go. You know, he's mm. living in another city. Maybe mm -hmm. you need time to sit with those feelings and those emotions, let them pass through. And what are your For thoughts sure. on that? That's such a valid point. A absolutely. You can't let go if you're not ready to let go. Uh, and it, it, that will just produce more traumatic responses, Right. It'll, it'll increase your anxiety. It'll, it'll push everything. It'll skew everything for sure. So yeah, I, that's a very valid point. Are you ready to let go? But that's a question that you have to ask yourself and only you can answer it. Nobody can answer that for you. For instance, if you've lived with trauma, uh, let's say you had childhood trauma and um, that stuff keeps coming back and now you feel like you're an adult, but you feel like I've got to deal with this stuff. I, I you know, I'm just... I've got to bring up the past. I've got to, you know, work through those feelings. And if you had somebody say to you, no, no, you just need to let it go. You know, uh, those people are dead or, uh, you know, those people are out of your life now or uh, you never see them anymore. So why would you carry that trauma with you? No, no, because the trauma, it, it happened here. It didn't, it didn't happen out here. Out here was just the, mm -hmm. just the, the, you know, the side effect. But what the real trauma was in here, and that's what you need to deal with because chances are, in that case, that the, the trauma is affecting everything you do in your life, affecting the way you make decisions, the relationships that you build, the people that you gravitate towards, the jobs that you take, it affects everything. And, and so to deal with that, you have to be able to hold that um, anger, you know, like lots of, I, I know lots of therapists will say that anger, you've got to get rid of that somehow. And I, I don't believe that about anger. I think that anger is exactly like pain in your body. It's a sign that something's not right and you need to pay attention to it. So when people have been in traumatic situations or they're really dealing with PTSD or stuff like that, they, the anger that they feel has to come out. And they have to be able to feel it and they have to be able to take the energy that's in the anger and manage that energy so that they can bring solutions. You know, somebody who, let's say they suddenly got divorced and their, their partner just left out of the blue, said, that's it, I've, I'm done with you and I'm not coming back. And, you know, their first reaction might be to beg. Or, or even bargain, you know, can we put the relationship back together? What's, what's going on here? But if they continue to get rejected, 
at some point the anger kicks in and then they're like, why didn't I put up with that all these years? And now they start recalling all of the things that they laid down and took, you know, like they, they, they didn't say anything and that really bothered me, but I didn't say anything because I didn't want to rock the boat, you know, and that anger comes out and that's really important for them to get to that place because if they don't have that, they won't cut the tie. Mm. You know, the other person has left. And abandon them and they won't be able to, they'll still be tied in with that person unless they can access the energy that's in the anger and say, I'm going to use this energy, I'm going to harness it, and I'm going to use it to build a better life. And uh, and that's that's about managing their, their internal feelings, managing their thoughts about what's happened to them, and managing these relationships that are out here, including the person that abandoned them. What are they going to do with that, you know? And, and it becomes really difficult for if, if uh, it, in the case of a divorce, if there are children involved and now your spouse is left and you still have children that you have to raise together or, you know, you're both going to be involved with them. How do you handle that and manage that? It's not, it's not an easy thing, but there comes a time, and this is the point that you were making, that there is a, a time for it to happen when you, you say, I'm dropping it now and I'm moving on in my life. I'm moving forward from here and I'm not going to let that stuff crap me anymore. It did for a while and I had to deal with it, but now I'm moving forward. So I wonder if there's um, a difference between, uh, well, of course there is a difference between repressing how you feel and letting go. So in one case, you're pushing it further down deep inside you and ignoring it. And in the other, you're actually letting it go. So how do you think that that feels? What's the difference? How do you know if you're repressing so or if you're repressing, go. you'll get all tight and, and you'll have the, the the feeling that you're holding something and it's heavy and you also will get bitter. So you may not, you may not feel like a victim. You might feel like a victim, but it, you may not go that far because you, you may say, I'm never going to feel like a victim, but you feel, you feel tight you, and you feel like you could explode at any minute. When you let it go, there's freedom there. So if we go back to talking about anger, uh, you know, if you repress the anger, if you, it, you, you'll just get tight all over and, and you feel like you're stuffing something down that you can't stomach. If you let it go, the freedom that comes. So if, he, if it, there is anger there, the freedom to express the anger because it releases the energy of it, right? The freedom to feel like I don't have to carry that thing anymore. I think that's the biggest thing for for me. Repression would be like carrying something and letting go would be like letting it go, letting the burden go. So interesting because there's a relationship in my life that constantly it keeps coming up. And Mm. I thought I had dealt with it so long ago. I thought I had dealt with these feelings I had around this relationship so long ago. And yet I find myself feeling triggered by this relationship over and over and over again. So to me, that makes me think that I actually didn't let anything go. I just decided to, I don't know, like, I guess, cover over those feelings. I think the difference between repression maybe and actually letting go is if you can think about the situation again, or let's say, let's say it's that someone's wronged you, or it's a relationship that's toxic, this person continually wrongs you or continually manipulates you or whatever. So if you end that relationship in your life, 
and you want to be dealing with the anger of of that and all the different parts of it, the grief of the loss of the relationship and also whatever you're feeling. And you can get to a point where you think about that relationship and maybe you just feel compassion for that person or you think, well, yeah, I'm so far beyond that. There's nothing that I think about. Yes, they wronged me that way or they wronged me that way, but it doesn't even it doesn't even trigger me. I don't feel like about it. Then maybe you've let it go. Would you say? And then if you if you think about that person or that relationship and you're just it's just like, oh, they just oh, then you probably still hanging on to some stuff. Yes and no. So I, I think that for sure, uh, forgiveness, what, what you're talking about, you let that go. You're forgiving that person, right? And forgiveness is all about you. It's not about the person you're forgiving because many times the person you're forgiving doesn't even know that you hold a grudge, right? So the forgiveness is definitely about, about you and, and releasing yourself, your inner self to, to not hold that person accountable anymore for what they did. And unfortunately, lots of people think that, that forgiveness means sending the message to the other person that what you did was okay. And that's not the case at all. It's that what they did that was not okay has got you bound. And, and so it's got you all wrapped up in knots and then you can't, you can't get rid of it. So yes, if you feel, if you can think about that person and you just, you just say, you know, that doesn't cause me hurt or pain anymore, for sure, then you know you've forgiven. But when, when you're talking about a relationship, where let's say let's say that you had several years of interacting with this person and there were a lot of things that they that they did that you have to get past what happens is that you, you can deal with them at a certain level when you when you become aware I, I i really need to forgive this person i got i've got to i've got to get past this you become aware of that so you forgive them at the level that you are capable of forgiving them right then but as you grow as a person, when you go through personal growth and you deepen your internal awareness, you may hit another plateau of having to forgive them at a deeper level. It's a little bit like, you know, if you're in trouble and you're trying to figure out how you're going to, how you're going to change things in your life so that you're not in trouble anymore and you adopt some strategies or some something that someone advises you to do, or maybe you go for therapy and they say, you know, these are some things you should do. And you do those things, the immediate pain starts dissipating and you feel like you sort of hit a plateau. You know, you felt like you were climbing, but you hit this plateau and things are good. They're okay for a little while. Then all of a sudden you're right back in it, especially if it's been a chronic thing that you've dealt with for, for many years of your life, you're right back in it and you feel like you're back at the beginning. But you're not at the beginning. You are going to a deeper level of dealing with that issue. And, and because it's chronic, you have to excise it from your inner being. And that takes time sometimes. When we talk about, you know, am I capable of letting it go right now? Lots of times you're not, but you may have a certain level of awareness. I've got to forgive this person. I, I've got to move on from here. And so you, you do forgive them, but now something else comes up or. If you're still in relationship with that person and they put it in your face again, you know, they're doing exactly the same thing that was always bugging you before. And you just, it just drives me crazy. It's because you have to forgive them at another level. So it's not like you didn't forgive them. It's that it's a deeper thing. You're having to dig a bit deeper here to get to the heart of that issue and say, 
I'm going to let that go. And if it's bugging you, then you're not ready to let it go yet. And I'm sure there are lots of people that feel like you in that situation where you feel like, I guess I didn't forgive them in the first place. Yes, you probably did, but you just got to deal with it now at a deeper level. And if you can see it that way and you can go, okay, so this is a step of maturity for me rather than a step back to what I was right. dealing with before. I know you, I've, I've seen you, the growth in you over the last three years or so been phenomenal. And, and so it wouldn't surprise if the, you have relationships in your life that you're having to deal with now at a different level of forgiveness and letting go. And it can be as hard or harder than the first time. Well, you know, to me, it's, um, it's interesting when it comes in dreams, uh, when it starts to affect, you know, different parts of the day, then it's like, wow, this, what you're saying about another layer makes sense because it's got to be another layer because it just didn't matter before. I'd already just, it was done. I dealt with it. It's over. Right. Right. But I also wonder if when you're going through different periods of your life, for example, different growth spurts in your life, right? Different things that maybe you're facing that you've avoided for a long time. You're going to be triggered by by some things. And I know the word triggered is overused, but you're going to be, I don't know, what's another good word for triggered? Well, they have an impact on you, right? They really impact you in ways you didn't expect sometimes. Actually, what you're talking about in relationships like that there is a level of trauma there, you know, and, and in trauma, uh, I've never worked with anybody coming out of trauma who didn't come out of it in stages. So, so, you know, the person, person may come to see me and they're shattered. They're just shattered. And, and, uh, so we work with that and they get to this place where I do have worth, you know, there is something about me that's redeemable. And, you know, I don't have to, I'm not, I'm not a worthless thing in the gut or something. Uh, but then, you know, with that uh, awareness comes, well, then why did they treat me like that? If that's the case. And now there's another level of anger and another level of having to deal with those feelings. The more you grow, the more you realize that what was done to you was damaging and nobody had a right to do that to you. And it's a completely mm-hmm. different feeling than, well, that's just the way life is. And, you know, that's, that was my life. So therefore, I guess I just have to live with it. Those emotions, they can be extremely strong and, and it feels like they're going to grab you and take you under. They're just going to hold you under till you drown. That, it, mm-hmm. it feels like that, but it comes in stages. And that's almost always with, with trauma that it happens that way. So when you're talking about a relationship, maybe that was impactful for you. And then, you know, there, there was hurt there and stuff. Now you've had, you have to dig through these layers, you know, so you can see where it's easy to say at the beginning, well, I understand now that everybody's their own person and that was that person. And that's the way they responded. And it's okay. I, I give them grace to be who they are. But then you start, wait a second. They, they said things to me or about me. That were completely untrue. I see now that this is the kind of person I am. I'm not the kind of person they were talking about or the way they treated me. What right did they have to treat me like that? And now that that's a different level of, okay, so that feels very personal. And it is personal. And now you have to take, take that and work with it and say, yes, it's personal, but I'm not going to take that personally. I'm still going to be able to see at a different level that what they were doing was projecting onto me what their problems were and it had nothing to do with me 
being who I am, even though they may have told you that it's because of the way that you are that I'm doing this to you. You know, they could be telling you that, but it's still, you know, it's still, it's their problem. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it makes a difference when the other person, like we're talking about a relationship now with the concept of letting go, which, but Mm -hmm. there's so many other ways of letting go that don't involve other people, but keeping in line with this relationship that I'm talking about, there's so many opportunities to let go when you feel you've grown past the dysfunction of the relationship, but the other person has not. And so their behaviors remain the same behaviors that they've always been. Mm. Um, but the scenarios in which they use those behaviors are different, right? Life is going yeah. on. You're having different experiences with that person. And now you're seeing, oh, they really, wow. Okay. So they can be like this, even when this is going on, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's triggering all over again. So yeah, yeah, I think it's relationships are a perfect practice ground for letting go. Let's just say, <laughs> yes. right? And, and the experiments that you conduct, the low risk experiments, are about the nuances of the kind of everyday things in those relationships where you can change the predicted outcome or the predictable response. Play with it and see if you can get something different happening. And it's a lot easier to do that if you can look at the situation and not take it personally, you know, and not say, I- I've got no skin in this game. It's their problem. It's the way they see things. And so I'm just going to experiment with something here and do something a bit different, see what happens. Right. What about letting go of things that are unrelated to relationships? Like when you think of the, when you hear the term letting go, not surrender, because we already know what you think about the word surrender. But when you hear the term letting go, what are the, what are some instances in your life where you think, yeah, I've let that go? Well, I mean, I just had one here at the end of March, uh, let go of, of my office downtown. Okay. What does that mean for me? I think because it was, I think I let go over a period of time. So the actual day was no, no big deal. It was a bit bittersweet, but it was not a big deal. And I, I actually, I mean, I, I know right now as we're doing this, I really haven't looked back and went, Oh, I haven't dealt with any kind of, uh, regret or anything like that. But, uh, it was a, it was a process for me, which we've talked about before it began last summer with our conversation. And so it took the better part of, I don't know, 10 months, eight months for me to, to go to that place. This is actually what I do when I know something like that is coming. I touch on it briefly in my thoughts and I move myself towards letting go. And then. I come back to it. I touch again. And I move towards letting go. And the closer it gets, the more I think about it and the more I see myself letting go. I really see myself in my, in my heart letting go. So by the time I let go, it's a little bit like if you're in a canoe in, in the river and there's a current and you've got something in the boat that you, you don't want in the boat and you just put it on the water and you just let it go. It's, it just sort of slips away. You know, it's like that. It's, it's not a big deal. Uh, no big splash. It's just, just let it go. I like that. Cause that's kind of not in my character to, to take my time. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to do it right now. So if I want to let something go, like I, in my mind, I'm like, I got to let it go. I got to let it go right now. Mm-hmm. But I like the way that you're saying you can take, 
you can take the time that you need to slowly work your way towards that. There's no rules. You know, there's no right way or wrong way. There's just your process of letting go can be long, can be short, doesn't matter. The the fact that you're having a process of letting go is the win, right? Right. The fact that you're in that process. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. That's cool. I like that. That takes a lot of pressure off. And I think if you're just starting the process or, or just first entertaining the thought of letting things go, that it's, it's important to know that you don't have to do it in a way that makes you feel unsafe. You can right. still start that practice and feel safe because, mm-hmm. like you said, you can do tiny little things to make the decision to let things go. Things that are inconsequential to the large scope of your life, just practice right. with those. And then you can right. gradually build up to to letting go of the really big things. So I think it's cool that there's room to A, take your time, B, do it in a way that makes you feel safe so you don't feel that you've, you know, just jumped off a bridge, right? Right. And and right. then also have the support of other people in your life who's, who, mm. you know, you can tell people, I really want to work on this. I want to learn to, you know, not try to control outcomes or whatever. And instead of people being like, how's that going? Are you letting go of control or what? You have people that are supporting you, taking your time and doing it in a way that sets you up for long-term success rather than that immediate impulse move that I tend to make. (laughs) It's so much easier to do it that way, right? To to not feel under the gun and under the pressure and you got to do it. You got to do it now and you got to do it completely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Ron Thiessen is the change evolutionist and a practicing psychologist and educator. To apply as a guest on the podcast, please visit thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash podcast guest.